0: Welcome to the XSF podcast, hosted by Devante and Lou. This is the Where podcast to show that every human is capable of being extreme. Tune in to discover how you are too. Welcome everybody to another episode of the XSF podcast. We got episode 28 coming at you today, and we have an amazing guest who not only holds a master's in kinesiology, also holds a bachelor's in human nutritional science, and has certifications from the NSCA in strength and conditioning and certified personal training. If that's not enough for you, this man is also a published researcher. Needless to say, he is a ginormous brain in the Thunderdome. Don't underestimate our man, Eric You Heard it right. Eric Baghera on episode 28 of the XSF podcast. Make sure you listen all the way through. I'm not going to ruin anything that they talk about today. I unfortunately was not able to make today's episode, but Lou's got it covered with some amazing questions and Eric definitely delivered with some very generous and insightful answers. Hope you all enjoy. They give you a countdown and everything, you know.
1: I still can't figure it out, but it works. I guess you are recording. Good.
2: All right. First thing I have to ask you: How do you pronounce your last name? Okay, so it's been an ongoing thing, and at this stage, I'm too scared to correct, even though from day one it's been kind of butchered. But uh, the last name is Bagera. So basically, hyphenated. Take a, take it, make it two words: bug and era, and there you go. It's not Bugera. not Bugera. It's not a lot of other stuff. Uh, that Bugger. actually kicked us off on a, on, a, on a story note, I guess, but we got married during COVID. It was like a very small, uh-huh. close-knit thing, just uh, like immediate family due to restrictions, that whole thing. We literally told the justice of the peace like a half hour before her cue to say our name, like you were now pronounced, et cetera, et cetera. And it was the most confusingly butchered thing, Like the whole thing is beautiful all the way through. And then it was everything to not just have an awkward pause and just stare at her while she said our, our, <laughs> our last name. It was so, so, it was the worst. I've never actually heard it pronounced that way.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, because when I was, like, talking to my partner about you coming on and I was trying to say, it, I'm like, yo, I've never thought about it. Like, what the what is it? How do we pronounce
2: this? It's my yeah, whole life. I and even... Like, it doesn't seem to me like a terribly difficult name, but when you grow up with it the whole time, you hear it from your parents the first time, it's like, that's the way it is. And then apparently yeah. every single human I've ever known from like teachers to football coaches to everybody, it's like, they have it in their head, how they're going to say it. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, it's, it's fine.
1: Yeah. That's what I got with Bombardieri. People just look at me and they're like, you know, I'm not going to try And I'm like, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like it's gotten to that point. Like every time, like the day I went and picked up a prescription for CVS and the girl just looked at me, she's like, I was like, yeah, you want me to spell it? Bombardieri. I got you. Like, it's not easy. Yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce it half the time. So let me ask you, what got you into training, Eric? Why do you do what you
2: do now? I want to know the origins, the beginning. I want to know it all. So that one goes all the way back. I think like a lot of people, um, at least a lot of people that have a lot of longevity in the in the field, is like when I was a kid. You know, like you you grow up, you start getting to a certain point in time where you're more self aware of like body image and things like that. And just be realizing either through my influences through TV or the sports or what have you, just my physical appearance, my performance, my everything, like, was not where I was happy with it. And that just started me down the whole rabbit hole from, like, age 12 on of just trying to figure it out, really. Um, I think that's pretty accurate in how my entire career is honestly developed as well, is just quote-unquote trying to figure it out, like... When I started, I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get cut up even at age 12, which I'm sure is a pretty similar story for a lot of people through like everybody's life, right? So I got like the five pound dumbbells in the basement, started just hauling ass, doing like as many bicep curls and pushups and crunches as I possibly could because you don't know anything. And then slowly but surely, the diet thing, you start to realize like, oh, I'm I'm 100% counteracting everything I'm doing through that. And if I look back at my childhood diet, sorry, go ahead. When did you realize diet? Because, I mean, oh, honestly, man. 12 to me is like,
1: well, if that's what you're thinking out of 12, it explains a lot of, like, your intelligence now, I would say. Like, so, so I get just think about myself at 12. I was not doing that yet, <laughs> you know? So to be like, at 12, I'm like, you know what? I'm out here, and I got to get jacked. <laughs> I got to figure this yeah. out. I'm like, damn, dude. I think – uh,
2: the whole thing like my entire life has been just raw effort and then slowly but surely like directing that effort in better ways because I say that I started training at 12 and I started realizing my nutrition was just pure awful at like 17 18 like when I'm living at home I had a very good upbringing but like nutrition wasn't like a part of it right like I was fed but no one really looked into like what 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 is even a calorie like that wasn't a thing right So you look back at your diet when you're younger and it a hundred percent explains everything. Like there's a reason why I was able to get bigger, but not in the respect that I would have wanted. Right. So the diet thing, like, like I said, I'm starting to train around 12. I'm starting to try to get my, my shit together around 12. But as I go further and further along, thankfully I have like the growth spurts through junior high, high school started to spread some of the load across my body. But It wasn't until I got into like actual almost university age that I started to realize like, oh, I'm eating like garbage and I can really fix a lot of the problems I'm having if I just start looking into this a little bit more. Yeah, man, like that's
1: very similar for me. Like growing up with like in the house eating, like it wasn't bad stuff, but it wasn't tracking calories. You know, it it was it was I was actually fortunate because like my pops grew up dinner time was like that family stuff that old school Italian dinner. So you generally ate all the food groups and it was pretty good, but not yeah. the way like we do it now with understanding it, you know? So that's what's pretty wild too is how, because I look at, I look at the way like people train coming up young, even the way I did coming up young. We didn't, like I thought at like 22, I thought, you know, half a Subway sandwich was good for me because I ate half of it, not the full thing. So still, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I look at kids now coming up and it's always like, and it's gotta be harder now, I think because of what they're looking at. You know what I mean? We're Like a lot of people exposed to just the Instagram where it's you're going to listen to the guy who's jacked and not mi- miss necessarily the guy knows what they're doing, yeah. you know? So it's like when we were y- younger coming up, I guess I'm trying to ask the where you got your information from that you really like found your way of, your groove of like learning and then putting into
2: practice and picking it up from there and so you found your own way of doing things. Just to kind of tie into what you just said right before I get into that question. Um, my last commercial gym uh, workplace, right before I dove into the online space, uh, the gym itself was actually in a shopping mall next to a middle school. So to see, like, I'm going for a wow. coffee in the middle of the day, and then you just see, like, kids flooding in at lunch hour, going to, like, you know, Tim Hortons, grabbing donuts, going to, like, any assortment of restaurants like A&W, whatnot, and you just start thinking to yourself, like, that's the daily thing they're doing. And it again, it ties into my own childhood where, like, incredible amounts of calories coming in through through soda pop or like coke or whatever term is more applicable to whoever's listening right uh like nutella stuff like that like things you don't realize are so dense right but to get into your question about like where my resources came from as i was growing like i'm i'm in this i'm flirting with the line of oh it has to be all the magazines versus like i was around when the internet started becoming a thing so my education process came from you know what you're supposed to be doing, like eat more vegetables, move more stuff like that and kind of starting to move in that direction. But then because of the internet, like finding things like bodybuilding.com or YouTube or things of that nature. And then thankfully, I don't know if I had an inherent bullshit radar, but I've always kind of found myself in the direction of people that had more and more credibility. So, um, to, to name drop one guy like Lane Norton came up on bodybuilding.com right around the same time I started looking at that as a resource not not knowing at all the credibility of any of these people but just sort of looking at it and then seeing the path that he took all the way through his career and where he's at now like I was very fortunate to land in resources like that when the internet is as expansive as it is where you can be just inundated with yes there's knowledge here but is it filtered is it applicable is it useful to you I was very lucky to land on these kind of targets through those mediums that actually gave me useful information obviously like down the road too like i got to university i was like let's do a kin degree to figure out more about exercise let's do i went into the field for a while and and actually was a personal trainer came back and did my nutrition degree because i wanted to help more people eventually it parlayed into a master's in kin as well but the secret there is like Everything that I've kind of done in my academic career and really my career in general, at certain points in time, it's 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 from a selfish motivation of I want to improve my place in my quote-unquote fitness journey first. Like it's me diving into more information about how to better myself first, that then translates into I'm a better practitioner at being a personal trainer, at giving nutrition advice, at the psychology of helping people improve. It just sort of bleeds into everything else, but... It, Honestly, it comes from a, a place of that 12-year-old kid wanting to still understand themselves more and keep improving.
1: That's fantastic. Like that, that wanting to be better alone. Like without thinking like, I want to be better to make more money. I want to be better for what any other reason except be better. That's how you get great, you know? That's exactly. Just, that's what's so amazing.
2: It's – you don't ever – the people that set out with that mentality, like I aspire to inspire – I, I get it. I understand that feeling. But a lot of the times it's like when you just don't even aspire to, you just do, you do right by as many people as possible. Eventually that comes full circle. Right. Well, that isn't, if to me, that's more inspiring. Like, you know, like a whole, like a fit
1: fluencer idea or like, I want to be a I don't know, life coach, whatever. Like to me, doing it is an inspiration, you know? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dropping some nuggets of how you're doing it along the way but doing the job, doing the test, showing up every day, doing it, learning it, obtaining the knowledge. Like that's inspiration. Like when we're in the, the lad script, the the Thunderdome over there, and you're dropping yeah. knowledge, I get inspired to be like, I want to know that knowledge, you know?
2: Like, yeah. that's to and me the way it goes. That I guess ties into like, back to your question about like, where do I get my resources and, and why, why is it important to me in this case, like you're saying, to just, I view everyone that I can have an influence over like it's not I'm trying to be quote unquote an influencer in the respect of what it is today like I'm trying to have the greatest reach the most followers I want to have a dramatic impact on a handful of people that I can really help expedite their knowledge to get them faster and faster into a position where I wish I knew and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way too the I wish I knew this when I started sort of mentality It, it goes from I wish I knew this when I started as a trainee myself. But also as someone that is trying to help train other people, I wish I knew all of these things when I was getting started as a trainer as well. How can I get people just through like tiny sound bites, as you're talking about in our little group chat or answering questions that take me next to no time? How can I just spread that influence and that knowledge base a little bit faster for people that don't necessarily have the time or resources to get the formal education or don't necessarily have that filtering process? Well, hopefully I can act as a resource that gets them to that point because if i go the route of let's just get a million followers not saying that's something that i want like just personality wise but versus let's get a group of 10 to 20 people where i can dramatically expedite their knowledge base and their passion the ripple effect that i have in that respect is way more impactful in my opinion like without a doubt and not just that to me that's like
1: like the uh, the the intention to only obtain the followers without Sure, you might be pumping positive. I'm not saying people with a million followers don't pump great stuff. But if that's the only intention, one, you're typically not going to reach the way you think you're reaching. You might just reach Instagram eyes, a quick scroll. The way you're looking to do it, taking 20 people into a chat and really one-on-one, that's going to cause the impact. That's not the superficial impact that we live nowadays, where it's like you just assume because like Cristiano Ronaldo has 3 million followers, he impacts people daily, which I'm sure he does. But to take 20 people and know you're getting right to it, that's water in the plants. You know what I mean? That's just not talking yeah. about it. That's, well, some that's great uh, stuff right
2: there. It's interesting to look at, too, because if you look at uh, certifications, right? Like, that's the medium that you and I kind of got in contact. But there's a ton of certifications in this field, in nutrition, in any real continued education field that requires you to keep trying to get better, right? But it's a weird game to play to try to put out information in this way that is designed to make people better with a limited capacity to actually do so. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to even if there's just a practical component, it's let's write one test and then you are. That's it. Go get them, kid. Like it's hard to have that be a legit. I'm not going to say I don't want to say Ill- it's illegitimate, but it's like it has it has limitations in how effective it can be in practice. Right. There isn't necessarily a better system right now. But I think that the more you can have like a trickled effect of continued education after the fact, like continued engagement and these reps that we talk about all the time about just seeing, seeing video, seeing in live, live, like training with a training partner, just seeing people do these repetitions in the fitness industry and getting that eye sharpened more and more about what did I just learn versus what does it actually look like in practice and how do I make those two things Uh, as synonymous as possible like those are things that that are kind of lacking in a lot of these these certifications and online as well you get these nuggets either a lot of it nowadays is just like a quick caption or a soundbite that's designed to like disrupt or be profound or something but without the context like people have a difficult time making that an actual practically applicable piece of information so both on the certification front as well as sort of that social media or even just Googling, trying to find correct information that you can then put into practice in the right context is a very, very dicey thing. So having just a constant exposure to like the 10 to 20 people, like I said, you can kind of curate like their ability to filter the way that I would. Um, Not saying that I'm necessarily the be all and end all, but giving them the uh, the benefit of my experience to be able to give their clientele that same experience as well. Yeah.
1: When it comes to certifications and exactly what you're saying with the continued education, I couldn't agree more because I think back, like when you brought that up, I think back to when I first took my NASM certification and I put a cheat sheet into the bathroom because like this is why I left because like if I truly want to learn to help people, why am I cheating to pass the test? Because you're so thinking about passing a test instead of learning the, the information, right? So I do that, I pass and now I'm a personal trainer. Now I can legally go into a gym and train anyone, right? And when you're a personal yeah. trainer in a commercial setting, you're one-on-one with someone. So, And typically someone who's has no idea. So you just take some things you just read in a book, you're a genius. The Dunger Kruger effect comes in, you know everything. What yes. I thoroughly enjoy about what, like, for instance, Prescript does with the continued education and the, and the community is it's like you can't, you can't fuck around. Because you, you could like cheat on the test and pass, but then the continued community is going to show you if you're, if you're messing around or not, you know what I mean? Like if you don't know what you're talking about, you know, it like, for at least what it did for me too, is it forced me to start asking questions because having that one-on-one with the, the labs and it's not like, you know, your typical, like, Oh, well, it's like, what are you stupid? Like, come on, ask better questions. It makes you ask better questions. Like that's something what I really enjoy about what they do and what they've built with that because it's, and then having you involved with the chats again, like the way we talk, it's like, listen, I'm going to tell you if what you're doing is stupid. And it's not like you get offended. That's what you, but like for real, because we can't be in this business. We're truly trying to help humans. You can't be like, you can't sugarcoat things because like an injury is not going to get sugarcoated. You know, like that's just what that is. Like you want results or not. You want people to be better or not. You got to, you got to raise the level. Just like I seem like in fitness in general, raising the level with intelligence, like people, like I'm definitely doing people. I see more like why we're working out instead of going to the gym, ripping weights, trying to get big, you know, the cycle of stuff. I think everything is getting raised. I think even in that sense of like, not just the way you work out, but the intention behind everything, the programming, the conversations, everything. Like, are we here just to break chops, or are we going to actually learn, you know, things like that. Are we here just to chum up together and act like we know everything or really help each other get better? You know, mm-hmm. that's what I really enjoy with what I see is going on, at least with Prescript. And I don't really give too much attention to anything else. I don't know if it's happening much other places, but, it's uh, If they're doing it, you got to assume other people are going to start doing that. So I feel like certifications in general and the, I guess the profession of training is going to be more respected. Because the problem, I think, is we got trainers out there. Like, I see it all the time. You know, they, get, they pass the certification and they got people doing the most silly things. You know? And yeah, of course, you take someone who's never worked out in their life, you work them out for a month, they're going to see something. But what's going to happen after and after and after and after and after? You know? So really, it's like, what do you... How do you think... No, I Forget that. Why do you think people even still do that? Like with all the phenomenal information out there, you know, do you think it's because I think of it as like an ego thing. Like, why would you just want to take some other people and have this all of a sudden confidence that you could do amazing things with them when what you're doing is
2: terribly wrong? You know, what do you like, think you're, that's you're still coming to, from? You're speaking to like getting a certification and then just like full stop. Like that's where it ends. Like, let's just that's go. That's where and it and ends. In happen. your head.
1: In your head, you know shit, you're going to go take the 10 people because let's say you're a kid, you got jacked yep. yourself just because you went in the gym every single day and worked out because you were obsessed, yep. right? So you, obviously, if you go from doing nothing in life to something, you're going to see some results. So now in your head and everyone sees you, yo, look at this person, got huge, right? Or weight loss or whatever your thing was, right? Now you get that cert, in your head, you know it all, you take, you take people on. Why do you think we, even with the great stuff you could see out there, you know, mm-hmm. why do you think people still do that?
2: it's ignorance and it's the Dunning-Kruger effect that you sort of spoke to already. Like as someone that I did not train anybody until I had a undergraduate in kinesiology, I came out thinking and best intentions. And thankfully I started training myself at 12 and by the time I had my first client, I was like 21 after university. Right. But you come out and you're, a, you're a noob, you're a kid still like you're, you're like the apprentice in a trade, right? Like, You know enough to stand in the room, but you don't know what you don't know. But if you come out with a certification, a lot of times, especially if you come out with a kin degree, thankfully, I think the awareness of this is going up, but you don't really realize that this is a unique industry where it is a physical practice. So just because you know the words doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to elicit those. You have to be able to translate those words that you know into a physical sensation for your clientele in such a way that's going to be effective. It's going to make sure they're safe, but it's also going to make sure that they're working hard. And unless you physically have done those things yourself, there's a ton of information out there that's left on the table just because you pass the exam. Doing the written work, doing the reading work gives you the background, but this is a unique place where you inherently need to be doing the thing the whole time to really have an appreciation for contextual relevance, practical application, the ability to actually teach someone when me saying a specific word or hue doesn't necessarily jive with you. All of these things are experience-based. A lot of the best ways to get yourself there faster is to be doing it yourself, but people miss that. Like uh, the guy that swings a hammer in construction a thousand times probably is gonna be a little bit better than the guy that came out of the gate on his first day. The person that has done a kinesiology degree, but also has done like a couple powerlifting meets probably might have a better capacity to teach someone how to do their first squat than someone that only saw it in a book and saw that like arbitrary shoulder width chest up like the the basic positioning that only a book can tell you because a book can't go into this let's go one-on-one and figure out what's best for you it's got to be this blanket sort of technique right so the fact that it is very knowledge-based but also very physical knowledge-based is the reason why people struggle with that, because they have this disconnect between those two points. They think if they have one, they have it all. When the reality is you eventually do it long enough and rub shoulders with enough people that either have more experience or whatnot, that they will expose you. And it's not to say that you're not doing good by some people. A lot of times it's just you could be doing better. You could be trimming the fat. You could be doing things more effectively, right? It's like having the, the language of coaching, like understand how to articulate certain things to people. And I've wanted, um, in basically every iteration of my career, be it, uh, I've worked, I've worked in a commercial gym and then the university setting while I was there, I worked in that gym and then I went back commercial and now I'm online. Right. In every iteration, I've always wanted some form. Um, it's almost, I would call it like West side inspired, like the old West side videos of like Dave Tate and the boys, like training together. Yeah. Uh, training together and just doing like they're doing dynamic dance like here's my set here's my double all right cool someone's going to crank up the monolith put on the right weights here's their double and they just keep rotating through the whole time yelling cues that's kind of my what i envision like an iteration of for everything that i'm doing is let's get people in these this group setting where you're able to get massive exposure in a very rapid amount of time to all the repetitions you'd ever want to see of all the different exercises that are really critical to know how to coach, let's get that in a safe place where it's just coaches with other coaches. So you can just learn the best way to train and the best way to teach people how to train, right? So in person, it was a little bit harder, because that's like a lot more of a time commitment for people to physically do it in person. And in the commercial setting, Um, it's not the easiest to find people that train the same way or want to do the same exercise, that kind of thing. So it kind of escaped me there. But being able to do video analysis in the way that we do in in our uh, In our pseudo lab, if you want to call it that right now, the Thunderdome, that's probably the closest I've ever come to it because we're able to see week over week improvements based upon, okay, let's have this one video of your squat. We're going to break it down in terms of what went well, what went poorly, how would you coach yourself? So always tee it up so that the person presenting it has the first opportunity to understand what they felt and how they would coach it. Here's some more experienced individuals or open up to the room so you can get different perspectives. Cool. Go away for the week, implement it, come back, and we'll see what worked, what didn't and rinse repeat. And so that gives the person themselves incentive to train, which that's a sidebar, but that's another scary thing in the industry is there's a ton of people that, that work in the industry that don't exercise or don't train, but it also gives them the understanding of, okay, in this specific technique, I'm going to go week over week and get feedback. I'm going to learn what I did and how I can coach myself first. So I can have this ability to then hopefully teach others like better, but also I'm going to get direct feedback from people with better experience that I can then put in my tool belt. Right? So the online version of it is probably the best version I've, I've been able to find because it lets us cast a bigger net of people that want to be involved in that. And then, like I said earlier about that ripple effect, It has a dramatic effect on their own training, which then has a dramatic effect on their clientele because their understanding of the thing that they learned on paper has gone much deeper, much faster. Yeah, that's what's absolutely
1: amazing about the Thunderdome chat in general, because at least for me in particular, speaking from my perspective of it is some. And when I say I have to be the dumbest person in the room, and I love that because I finally found a spot where I could be the dumbest person in the room and let my ego go aside and not care about that. That's my problem in life. I have a big ego. Anyway, when we learn things in that chat, it's phenomenal because exactly like you say, like you put your picture, you put your video up, you get to see what's going on first. Then you get the brains to come in and break everything down in a way that you can understand it because you're doing it. And then you go do it. And then after you go do it and improve, you not just learned how to do it, you put it into practice. And that's how most people actually learn. you know. So the way that whole chat's doing and the, what I think it's going to evolve into Cause I don't know if that's many other places. Like I know coaches have that coach's eye app or something like that where like they do that with clients, but on a scale like we're doing it with coaches, it's amazing to me. Cause it's like that's how you really, you really like progress the industry as well. You know, and it also brings that like humbling effect because you have to you have to understand like you're you're gonna go in and like people are gonna rip apart, not rip apart, but like they're gonna pick apart the movements where you could have someone deadlifting weight. And it looked great, but still going to find a little something. You know, it's, it keeps you, like, that humble effect to always get better. You know, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. But now I want to ask you, because you touched on it, about how you started in a commercial gym setting, in-person training. Now you're onto an online business more as well. I want to ask you about, like, your, uh, I guess your evolution from the beginning to where you're on now. And not which was more difficult, but which do you find – I don't want to say easier or better, but like, I can't even think of the word right now. All right. So when you were like trying to sign up clients in the commercial setting to getting clients online, yeah, I'm not going to say which one's easier or better, but maybe, all right, which one do you drive with more? What do you enjoy doing more online or in person?
2: As a general rule in person for almost everything is easier because I get to give you immediate feedback immediately, not in a video post. Like if you're lucky, you catch me in real time. But in terms of training, which then translates into buy-in and retention in person, like if I'm doing, especially now at this stage of my, my experience level, if I do a, like a one hour consultation with you, I could have 15 minutes and have you have a before and after of pain-free movement of a new technique that you never thought you could uh putting weight on the bar when you never thought possible just based upon technical improvements i can have a dramatic before after effect almost immediately so if buy-in is the issue like the person's skeptical it's really easy in person at this stage for me Uh, and then like all sales it just comes down to does the person actually want to do it and do they have the literal finances to do it but that it wasn't always that way like as starting like coming out of university the ignorance and the naivety was strong. I had no idea like that I'd, i I went through the initial kindergarten degree because it was a natural evolution of, I again, wanted to just keep getting myself better. So when I get to the university age, it was like, I don't know what I wanna do, but I know that this sounds like something that is interesting to me. So let's do that, right? Looking at all the potential career options after that, it's like, okay, you're gonna work with sports teams. You're going to go into like another stream of like physio or, anything right or you can become a personal trainer it was like there's very few options in that respect for me so I was like all right personal trainer makes no sense graduate go into the commercial setting because if I'm going to make this into a sustainable career all those other options either don't interest me in terms of working with teams or sports or they're not going to be uh, lucrative enough to actually sustain like a career so I find myself in the commercial setting in the commercial setting i find myself in my particular town probably in the worst potential sales area possible just due to like it was in like our downtown in my city is not like downtown in many cities it's it's very barren in terms of like actual residential it's basically this is world uh oh, this is winnipeg in uh in canada so uh, where is winnipeg in canada it's to basically like dead center um like if you want to do a landmark it might be a little bit off but Take like Colorado, go straight north to the Canadian border, and we're about right there. Um, A little bit off, but as a general landmark, it's basically that. Um, But our downtown is different than a lot of others. Um, But at the time, given my circumstances, from where I lived to the gym that I would work at, literally the best gym in the city for this was two buses. The worst gym in the city for this, arguably, was one bus so I'm taking the one bus. <laughs> so I find myself in a place that is very, very difficult to to make it out of, but I'm incredibly ignorant of that fact. So I'm just a kid. Right. So I go through the process and I had a safety net of, um, I basically had a year to get my feet under me living free room and board at home. And then it's like, okay, not necessarily get out, but like we offer that to your brother, we offer that to you. And in my mind, like there was a deadline here, but I also had a, a soft safety net. Right. So the ignorance of how hard it was didn't hit me until I had been successful somewhere else and realized like, Oh my God, it took me six months to sign my first person. and I was just grinding. I didn't realize it had like, depending on your experience level of where you are, like it could go way faster than that. It couldn't go exactly that pace. Who knows? I just didn't know what it was supposed to be. So it made me incredibly resilient to how hard it can be to the point where now when I came out of school that second time and went back into the commercial scene, A, I was in a much better area in terms of sales. B, I knew that the first time I basically starved to death and didn't. It didn't matter. So I knew that it, it's a matter of just time and effort. Um, and C, I was way better at the time. So by the time I did the second stint in a commercial gym, given all those increases in skill set, that was fast. That was like within a few months, I was absolutely peaked. Transitioned to online. I just did what I perceive as the like obvious thing is uh, when I went online, I just capitalized on the fact that in my city or in my province, like I, at least I'm not saying that I'm famous, famous quote unquote, but like people know that I don't suck at this job. So especially as like the pandemic sort of shuts down gyms and more people are looking for an online coach, a lot of people reached out to me. It wasn't that difficult for me to get at least an initial base. And then In terms of finding like a new clientele base online after that, just slow titrate, slow organic exposure. Um, Make sure that I'm on people's Instagram feed or their social media feed every day or every other day. Hey, I still exist. Like it's just me keeping the lights on the sign on, like making sure that they know that for a lot of people, if they eventually are looking for someone, okay, I'm the guy on their feed that is that person first stop and makes sense to look at this guy or in the case of getting involved in like the education communities, Again, just having it be a slow exposure, just letting people get to know me naturally. And then as people ask questions, like, all right, cool, here, boom, here's the here's the knowledge bomb. I'm not trying to go out there and be the center of attention, but slowly and organically, as I as people get more comfortable and I get more comfortable around them, here's some here not like I'm not saying it's it's marketing per se, but it's as we talked about earlier. Like if someone's gonna ask me a question, here is the best possible answer with all the context i can give because i want you to know it the way that i know it right the more you do for other people the more it eventually comes back so it just becomes this naturally evolving organic clientele base that built the the biggest asset that i had like i said is the fact that i knew to start local to give myself a base of support to not make it a forced or desperate thing as i organically then built a little bit of a presence within the online community. And now they're kind of synergistic in that respect. First
1: thing I wanna to touch on there is how I noticed how, you said six months you were training in, in your first commercial gym before you signed anyone, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, so right there for, cause like when I was training commercial, I only did it for about two years. And the first three months, same thing. It took me about four months to sign anyone. But point is you would have people come and go, trainers come and go after the first week leave, you know. So what I'm saying, like, after if you stuck around for six months before you sold, obviously meant you're here not just for the money and, like, all that nonsense. Like, some people just want to be trainers because they get, you know, um, controlled environment where it's cold when it's hot outside and it's warm inside, when you know what I mean? Like, wearing shirts, yeah. you know, counting numbers. Some some trainers are just uh, in the game for, like, being psychologists, basically, just listening to Suzy Q talk all week. But I just think that's, like – Because the way I look at life and all that stuff, why we're here, how does things happen, how does it come that a guy like you, 12 years old, wants to be, I want to work out, to the intelligence of learning about it. Then at 17, learn about the diet, then go the route, then stick around for six months of not selling shit to be like, yeah, I still want to do this. Like, that's wild. And and to be like, you know what? I could take one more bus. Like, it's funny that like, you want to be like the, like explain the best possible way you can to people so they could truly learn. But then you're like, nah, I'm going to take one bus. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you cut that corner out. Like, I could have took two buses and sold more. But it's like, nah, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to take the one bus. That's more convenient. And we'll just do our best. Like, that's that's amazing. Because that I just look at things like that. It's so amazing to me how things turn out. And now you're here, we're here. You know? It's just, that's the stuff I find so amazing. But now, i got to ask you, like, if you're someone listening and you're a commercial you know, trainer and you want to go online, I guess you kind of explain it with having a base, but what would be uh, like you did you do your website? You get, what were the steps you did? You know, you mentioned how you built yourself a base at home first. So people, once the lockdowns came, they knew, hey, I can go to Eric. But what would be the steps to I guess maybe? Yeah. What would be the steps? What would be from step one to, to now? What would you tell people to
2: do? I think the biggest thing, and this is true of if you're just starting in a commercial gym as well, is treat it as seriously as though it was a suit and tie gig. Like no matter how you cut it, online has lowered the buried entry in terms of financial commitments significantly in a lot of ways. But no matter what, you're still asking someone for a financial commitment, right? So in person, depending on where you are packaging, like without getting too deep into specifics, it could be like, here's a $1,000 package. There is a $18,000 package. Who knows where you land on that? But no matter what, you're asking that person for money. It's a product that you were giving. At that stage, in my mind, I may be in like shorts and a, and a t-shirt with a name tag, but I'm definitely in a suit and tie. Like they're asking for a service. I'm getting paid to provide it. it is going to be the most professional experience that they can possibly have because I respect the fact that they gave me money for this. Like reverse that. If I gave you money for anything and you half asked it, I'd be super pissed. Your name becomes garbage, and I'm never coming back. So that kind of drives my desire to always do the best that I possibly can by everybody. It helps that I get a, a strong high off of teaching people. I get super hyped when I get to like, oh, you asked a good question. Here you go, buddy. Yeah, you but definitely
1: like, do. <laughs>
2: but like, in terms of that, it like, so you convert to online, treating it with the same sort of respect. So not everybody needs like the most, like, if you look at mine, like, it's not the most uh, amazing setup, but it's definitely, here is a pseudo-professional front-facing Instagram where I'm not just, and this can be a personality and whatever, right? But like, I know my personality and it suits my personality and represents my profession well. Uh, I'm going to be exercising on it. Every once in a while, I'll write some stuff, especially when gyms and I didn't have the equipment to actually film anything relevant. So I'd write content for it. But Here's some engagement constantly that's going to let you know that I am in this industry. I kind of do, the, I walk the walk, I talk, talk, the whole thing. Uh, and it's going to match my personality and be as professional or whatever I deem as professional, right? That's an individual thing, but how I deem the profession should look coming from me. Here is a website that is a conduit for you to legitimately hand me money. It's going to be taxable. It's going to go through the government. It's going to be all through all the professional channels, all the everything, because I don't view this as, it's not a side gig where eh, I can kind of skirt it. It's like government, do they really need to know about this? I've got my main gig all over here and this is just a couple trips. No, 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 no. This is all in. This is what it's going to be. I'm going to make enough money where it should be taxable. It should be everything above board. Treat it like that from the outset so that you don't run into these problems, way down the line and then have enormous trouble trying to legitimize everything later. Just from the onset, get everything as legitimate as you can. Um, because again, I think that circles back to when you come to my Instagram or you come to my website and you're thinking, okay, I'm I really, I need to get my shit together. Okay. There's his resume on his Instagram. That looks pretty good. I don't understand a lot of that, but at least there's that education. That looks good. Okay. He looks like he's put some effort in. Oh, wow. This he wants me to just e-transfer him to a Gmail. That seems kind of sketchy. Oh, he has a business email of his own website and it's going to go to this legitimate, like, you know, it can take credit cards. It's going to charge me GST. Wow, look at that. It looks a little bit more, like just having it be like as as professional as you possibly can. Those are the biggest transitions that I think people need to make. And it's not a lot of overhead. Like it's a small investment up front and I mean small. And then online personal training as a gig is like two, $3,000 a year that's it. That's your overhead. Like if you can't commit to that and this is what you're going to be doing, try opening a gym where it's tremendously more than that. And ongoing, it's just ongoing suffering until you make it huge. Like, like <laughs> that, that's, so I think in my opinion, it, that's a big gap with which a lot of people could improve on It's just from the onset, treating it with as much respect as you possibly can and trying to make it as much of a profession in your mind as you possibly can as well.
1: Excellent. Yeah, that's exactly like that's what it is. A lot of people want to be trainers, but they don't want to have like they don't want to have that online presence, or they don't want to have the website or anything. Except I want to train people online. Like, all right, but if you want to train people online, you got to have something going on over there. You know, whether people know what you do, or have that you have some knowledge, have some trust in you to even sign up for you. Because also online, you're competing with you know people that have hundred thousand followers, five hundred. You're competing with some some girl who's got eighty thousand followers. Who got her body done in Miami, but no one else knows that. So everyone's following her and going to her for training because she knows a big booty band program. You know what that's I mean? Right, like th- right. that's what you're competing with. It's wild. And right. when you're not that person that just wants those eyes on you like that, where you're here for like to help people, not just for the attention, you're competing against all that. So it, it comes down to like also I think like just staying with it, like being true to yourself the way you do it, with just wanting to truly help people get better. And then like you said, it's a full circle thing like investing in people instead of
2: just um, profits, you know? Well, you touched on something really important there for people looking to get online as well. And it's true of in-person. It's just a little bit more fluid when you're online. You have finite resources as one person. There is a finite amount of people that you can help before it immediately starts to dilute your own product. So in person, you can probably get away with training 12 up to maybe 20 people if you involve like small group stuff, right? At any given point in time. Give or take, it's a little bit sliding scale there, depending on how you run it. But you have a finite amount of hours in the day and a finite amount of people that you can be helping at any given point in time, because you are one person with 24 hours in the day. That same thing applies to online. It's just that your income or your cost per hour dramatically alters because online is a much more efficient medium, depending on if you're doing like, okay, by the hour virtual calls, or are you doing just programming or what what is the actual nature of your, of your product, Right. So I can now start serving upwards of probably 40 people, but there's still a finite cap of you pass this threshold and your quality of product diminishes because you've run out of time to to give the, the amount of time necessary to keep it high quality per person. Right? So worrying about the booty band influencer with like 80 to 800,000 followers based upon whatever their, their, their branding or their marketing is versus Me with one of my sub 500, but my business has flourished. I only need 40. I only need so many people. I only need so many things until I run out of space, right? Then it can, I think the actual major thing about this part of the conversation is knowing that if you're willing to let it organically grow and put in legitimate time per person per acquisition of client it takes a lot of the stress out because it's not necessarily a mass volume game. It is a limited volume game. You need to build to a certain point and that can be super stressful if you don't have any income to speak of during that time or you don't have like a, a float. But once you're there, like you don't need 300,000 followers to sustain 40 clients. Like you need a handful of followers if in the online scene and then just incredible service to retain them. It helps. It definitely does. And I'm not going to say that like there's a, one way to cut this, but just knowing that you just have to be incredibly high quality per person. And that is probably a much better strategy out the gate than worrying about follower count, because you will always have that finite amount of people. Acquire someone, retain them, and slowly keep building off of that. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Because obviously, I was thinking about the uh, the influencer that
1: has a billion followers. And the way you put that makes so much sense. Cause it's like, you, you want to have this quantity of people that are not really getting anything from you except just attention. You're getting their attention. We want to have a quality of people. Right? And then, like you said, you build a community, a relationship, and now you're flourishing by actually truly helping people, not just getting like ads on Instagram. That's
2: phenomenal. Well, because that's now, the... I you, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: One little thing on that, too, is everything in our industry, you can Google, right? 100%. You can Google all of it. So the... The sound bites or the captions that, that the, the influencer model or like the social media model right now right it's very here's your here's your photo here's your caption that's trying to be profound or try to offer some information that's very difficult to get good information out because you're still limited to the text format that's all well and good but the real value to that client is if they were to sign on with you and get actual engagement ongoing from you as their coach so again it comes down to the fact that like no matter what even if that person has a list of 300 signups that are on a waiting list because they have a million followers versus I have sub 500, but I have a stable of people that have been with me for a year. Those people that are going to be renewing constantly are going to get a longer length of time engaged with a coach that is going to allow them to actually have that building process necessary because the, the caption modeling and all that kind of stuff, again, like it's all Googleable. that's not necessarily where the value comes from. That's a hook to get people interested in you. But once they actually sign up, The real value comes from the, I can't believe I have to say this, but the actual coaching that you provide. Yes, I completely
1: agree. Not that that matters, but that's all (laughs) I can think about saying right now. (laughs) No, it's so true. Cause like, as we're talking about, like, cause now now we can spin this conversation into tons of ideas I have with why we're on social media and what it really means and all this blah, 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 but that's literally a whole other three day conversation. What I have to ask you now is if you, because obviously we have a lot, we target a lot of this to gen pop, right? And last episode, me and Devante talked about what we would do if we have a regular off the couch gen pop client who's going to work out three days a week. What are you throwing at them? I'm talking about could be Susie Q from accounting. She used to be a cheerleader in high school. She's now 40 with one kid. What are we doing? Three days a week.
2: That comes down. There's a couple of things. Um, specifically, what is their goal? Uh, what is their she wants to lose weight? Wants to lose weight. Okay, so you get the goal. What, if any, are their limitations? So, injury history or equipment availability or whatnot, right now. Uh, and then their individual psychology is huge too. Because, like, hand me anybody in the back of my mind on the back end of things, I know okay, my bias is. I want to make sure that I build you, you may not even know what's happening, but to the capacity of you can move cleanly through all these patterns, be it like barbell movements, be it dumbbell, it doesn't really matter. But I want you to be able to move cleanly through these, this preset amount of, of movement patterns that are going to make sure that you're strong and healthy in these positions that you may never find yourself in in training. That's, I think, a big catch-22 is that people focus on training a lot more than in, in the gen pop sense, the accidentally finding yourself in this position in life. So an example of that would be, you know, working any sort of overhead. I know you're a big fan of the overhead, but if Susie Q, 41, wants to lose weight, has wildly unstable shoulders because she's never really used them in her life, she goes and reaches for anything overhead and like blows her rotator. Cool. Me fixing her rotator superficially doesn't necessarily have anything to do with her weight loss, but it has everything to do with her training and life longevity. So in the back of Eric's mind, I'm dealing with all these things while I'm also trying to make a psychologically applicable so they enjoy it they're going to be adherent they're going to have longevity behind it program that on their front face like their their face sort of criteria they look at and they're like oh yeah that's going to help me get to my weight loss goal. it's like you're juggling a couple different things there so understanding what their goal is any limitations that you as a trainer have to work around and then understanding their personal psychology of how to get them there while also making sure that again my own personal bias as a trainer making sure that they are equipped to handle literally almost anything that I can conceive life may throw at them. That is kind of my aim with almost any gen popper that I get. And really heads up to any of my clients like that are not quote unquote general, general pop. They might be trainers they might be bow hunters out there. Um, you're all getting that same thing too. In the back of my mind, I'm like, how do I basically make sure that if we return you back to uh, factory settings, everything like that's the aim, the aim there, everything, All your joints are happy, all your ranges of motion are accessible, you're slowly gaining strength, you're improving your body comp, and your heart's not going to explode. Those are all the things in the back of my mind that are kind of happening. You have told me your goal, we will definitely get there, but based upon, like I said, those criteria points, goal, psychology, and availability of equipment or limitations, those are the kind of spinning plates I got going on. So it's like giving them what they need, you know, and showing them what they want. Exactly. And as you've experienced probably through your own education in the industry, the more you know about everything, the more you can accomplish those things. Susie wants to lose oh, 20 wow. pounds. I know enough that I can get her to lose 20 pounds. And that's the only thing she sees or feels like we're working on while also getting all these benefits in the background. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I love that you touch on psychology because I find with certain clients, it's like, dude, it's like, it's kind of like you have to just turn around and be, like, Listen, we can't get anything done unless you see a psychologist. I mean, I'm not, I'm being straight up. Like some people, I, I don't think they understand like the psychology that comes with just obtaining anything in life. If you can't get out of your own way, there's no way we're ever going to get results, which then is going to further mess you up because you're not getting where you want until you fix this psychology. We can't go further, you know, but then some people They'll go to other people, just give them what they want real quick. Like, oh, you know, we'll give you stressed out all the time, and your life's miserable, and you barely sleep. We're gonna get you know boxing program to get that stress out. Like, you know, what I mean, you have those people yeah. out there, so it's that is to me huge. Really, I believe everything is psychological. So it's like if you can really get a client that, if they don't need that, they're just they're in, they're already like, yo, I'm gonna do everything you tell me. Let's work out, whatever. I bet. But like for most people. I think it comes down to psychologically, and I'm not saying we're psychologists by any means, but if you can even understand that, then you can at least try to help with it, you know, even if it's just yeah. stating to them. Like, you work with someone for a month, you realize, like, yo, you maybe you have something going on because you can't you can't get yourself to the gym. Every day is a struggle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't get moving ever. You can't track your water into it. whatever it is. That's not, like, I, we're giving the information here, and it's just, like, you got to go figure that out. So really, I'm going to ask you, you now, how would you even say that? Because that's something I straight up deal with. Where I'm like, how, yeah. do I, how do I tell
2: someone? And they're just like, I right, just. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, the, the whole thing about training and fitness in general, improving health, it's metrics and it's logic, honestly. It truly is. You can Google it all. We have like this template of how to make Eric or Lou or anybody. Here's a template to make you healthier. We can definitely know things that you can be doing. Well, that's the thing about psychology. Psychology is slippery and it's not logic-based at all. Like I've dealt with clients, I've dealt with family members that have gone through shit in life. They've had psychological or mental health issues that they've been dealing with. It's all variable human experience, right? Like me telling you, all right, buddy, I need you to cut this and count these macros. Sure, that's 100% going to be effective if everything existed in a vacuum. So I think in terms of, you don't necessarily... As you said, we're not psychologists, but a big part of our entire livelihood is dealing with individual psychology. If we wanna be nice, with what we'll call it sports psychology to make it feel like it actually lands within our scope. <laughs> it doesn't, but like you deal with human direction, right? And I think on our end as coaches and trainers, knowing that you have this pedestal of knowledge and this pedestal of optimal that everybody always chases, typically chasing optimal for a lot of people is actually gonna feed into negative psychology, and negative results. Yeah. So meeting people where they're at and slowly making these micro improvements and having them get to the point where they can realize and recognize when they have improved is the thing that starts that snowball rolling downhill in terms of adherence, in terms of results, and in terms of improving their psychology in general. Obviously, if they have eating disorders or genuine mental health issues, stuff like that, we're on the back end helping with what physical activity can help with in terms of we know that if we get them working hard, Dopamine hits, like uh, the, the neurotransmitter release and stuff like that after you train, like the feel-good hormones and such. We know we, and just overall health improvements are probably going to have a beneficial effect across the board on a lot of different health issues. Go team, right? But we're not out here, unfortunately, equipped to actually manage genuine mental health issues. We're just an adjunct to that. If health and improving health and fitness helps get that ball rolling, cool, but like I said, we're kind of on the outskirts of, of that plan. We're a part of the team that helps it. And we're trying to stay in our lane as much as humanly possible. So as a trainer, it's like I said, you have that optimality that we all want to flex on the internet. Like I know so much more in detail than you know. Oh, wait, I'm still going to start them in the exact same stupid position that you are because Susie Q losing 20 pounds does not need me to do like, the nth degree of wild detail in her training. She just needs to start moving better and more cleanly for a long ass period of time. That'd be it. It's oh, like it. get off, get off that idealistic pedestal and get to what's actually effective for that person. Yeah, a lot of a
1: lot of nut flexing going on in the fitness world. But I'll tell you right now, I hate the fitness world. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I don't, I don't hate it. I don't like saying I hate things. Everyone like I dislike it because of what you just said. You either got. The psychos over there, the fifth influencers, do they do the thing we touched on? But then you got the people that, like, to the M degree, I have to know absolutely everything, compression, it's blah, 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 like, bro. Yet, at the same time, you're training gen pop. You know? It's like, what do we really want? We want to flex notes. We want to
2: help people. You know?
1: It's anxiety-inducing,
2: dude. Like, Okay. If I'm going to put a resume down in front of someone and just have it, like, blow the dust off the desk, like, I've got a lot of education, a lot of experience. Even I will read some of this stuff that people are putting out there, and I'm like... Okay, you're just trying to flex on another coach like this has nothing you're, no that's one that I you're going to actually help unless you're a trainer's trainer is going to and even that it's not necessarily going to attract a trainer's trainer it's just anxiety inducing like wait so what you're saying is despite the fact that i've made wild amounts of gains up until this point in my entire life if i don't know about mutation counter mutation of the sacrum and my infrasternal angle i'm a shit trainer and i'm going to make no gains <laughs> further and something on my body is about to blow up like that's the problem right the more you know, the more beneficial you can be to people. And I've said this in a couple different contexts, but knowing when to be a shotgun and knowing when to be a sniper rifle, like in our group, we have a couple people that are extremely, extremely good at pinpointing the exact thing. Right. And then we have someone like me that I'm very diverse. I'm very well read in a lot of places. I'm educated. I'm experienced that I can take almost anybody and improve them but I'm not necessarily gonna sniper shot the exact thing the first time. I'm gonna make sure everything's getting better. And as I see these improvements, I can start paring down and find that thing in a couple more steps removed from just, all right, cool, I see you move once, bam. That's the thing we need to do to immediately fix everything. Sure, I can do that in a few extra steps, but it is what it is, right? but the people that are making those posts, like we talked about, like that's, that's not helping anyone. They're trying to help. Allegedly. It's just building their presence online amongst other coaches. And at the end of the day, is that really what we're all here for? Preface uh, everything with do what you want on the internet. I'm just some jackass, but right. But like in terms of trying to build your, your business, I've always sort of found that to be confusing.
1: Yeah, it's the, yeah, it is. It is. It's uh it's, it's weird. Even when I think about it, it's, a, it's behind the intention of why we do what we do, and it's just like, to me, it's ego. You know, it's it has to be if you ask me, because then otherwise it's like, it'd be the most confusing thing in the world to take, let's say, Susie Q from accounting and try to, not only get her into fitness and stuff, but now explain to her basically Latin to her pelvis moving in waves and with like all this like, oh, dude, I do. I want to lose weight. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like you said, unless you're now at Let's say a personal trainer or biomechanics convention, mm. and you're talking about this. I bet I get it, hundred percent. But if you're on Instagram yeah. talking to Gen Pop, what are we, why are you doing that? You know, that's why. Yeah. That's why I look at it. Why are you yeah. stating that? And I'm not hating on it. I'm just stating on it because you, you start. I state the most absurd thing all the time. I don't care. I'm just curious. You know, if your name in the game is purely trying to help humans. Why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Why are you doing that? Is you trying to, like you said, give anxiety? Because everything, the way he just ranted that broke down was perfect, it's exactly that. You could have someone out there who's doing everything great, if you're going good, all of a sudden you read from some predominant figure online that has a doctor on their name, it's like, oh no, I'm screwed. Everything I did that got me jacked, it doesn't make sense, I'm wrong. I'm not actually jacked, I'm an idiot. You know, like, it's messed up like that. But it is what it is, and I guess that's when it's onto the human, like you did at 12, to start finding out where you're going to get your information, you know? Because that's another thing, too, I think about is no matter what, at the end of the day, it's still up to us individually to go after what we want to go after. And typically, if you're the one that wants to go after the fit fluencer advice, what do you really want from that person? To learn how to be a fit fluencer or truly try to help humans be in a personal trainer, whatever the case may be, you know? So it's also the intention of who we follow and why we follow them, I think, yeah. you know? I'd say but a big part to... of it
2: too, um for anybody that's getting into this industry is like, you're definitely going to train yourself more often than not. Um, the better you get, the more experience you get, the more, the more breadth of of information, you, you know, and can put into practice, it'll broaden, but you're going to be training yourself more often than not, especially early. Like you'll find, like I found me in most of my clients when I first started my first stable of people that I trained in person in some capacity, all different walks of life, but psychologically and goal-wise and like experience-wise, they were all me at 12 or like 17 or wherever I landed in terms of like their own fitness development, because that was my experience level. And that was how I knew how to help someone. Like you just just zero in on like, oh, I've seen that before. I can definitely like, right? You have your experience, you have your knowledge, and then you see the thing that you can actually help. And that's where you can actually get buy-in from that person, because what you're saying to them makes sense it actually is applicable to what they're trying to do. And I think that as a general phrase is applicable to the caption people as well on social media where speak to your actual audience. So you may have something about a landmine and your overhead stability and all these these great terms, how to maybe have your initial caption be to whoever you're actually trying to sell to or like provide your products to, right? So we talked hip mutation for Susie Q trying to lose 20 pounds those words will never happen it'll be more like okay we're gonna adjust your stance a little bit we're gonna play around with it first so that if i want to really use this exercise to help you reach your goal i'm going to make sure we find the safest position for you to not hurt yourself as we get stronger or do it more often mic drop that's the extent of which i just danced around the idea of like hip mutation and like like acetabular depth and a bunch of other things (laughs) that if i wanted to start flexing I could do that, but I know that my audience isn't necessarily other biomechanists or trainers. It's going to be Susie Q trying to lose 20 pounds. So I need to know this stuff to provide that service, but I need to present it in a way that she is actually going to find relevant to what she cares about. Excellent.
1: And that comes down to like your intention is to truly help, not just to say, hey, look at me, look what I know. It's now, hard though sometimes. You see, yeah. you,
2: see, you see some stuff and you're like... I'm not going to comment, I'm not going to comment. I'm just gonna, well see, I mean God's sometimes,
1: sense. sometimes, sometimes like when I walk into a gym, sometimes a lot of times what I battle with is my ego of going, why are you doing that? You don't know what you're doing or look how counteractive, that, whatever. And then I have to check myself. Like first of all, dude, you're trying to live a life of not judging people. This ain't helping, but it's a meditative practice because that's how you get better. Yeah. Two, what were you doing four years ago? Like shut your mouth just cause you yeah. know shit now. You didn't know yeah. anything. And three, that what this thought I had the other day was, you know what? I just like to complain about people being in the gym doing wrong things, but at the same time, I'm trying to get society healthier. So which one is it? You know what I mean? Do I just want to complain and boost my ego that I know things? Or do I want to see people in the gym, whether they're doing it wrong or not, at least in fitness, better than being on the couch. Like if I see a kid on the leg press who's playing fucking Call of Duty on his phone, at least he's on the leg press doing that. Even if it's gonna take him 20 minutes to do two sets, at least he's on the leg press doing that and not on the couch. You know, so it's yeah. yeah, man, it's all about the intention behind it. But now, last question I gotta ask for you is do you skate?
2: Board? Almost, we don't roll a Board. uh, in zero capacity. Do I skateboard? Not even on a like a, one of the scooters, nothing with four wheels and a, and a track, nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're gonna have to get you on one one day. One day, you want to see, see the fastest? all what,
2: what injury? You want to do, yeah, I was gonna say the, the fastest injury, injury. you want to see how. Like, those who can't do teach? You want to see that in practice as fast as humanly possible? Honestly, I can't even, like, pick you on a skateboard. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, me either. Like,
1: I can see you on one, but then I, I don't know the fluidity yet. But we'll get you there. Because honestly, like... You're cool as hell, but skating always makes everyone cooler. Like it's just a fact. Like you pull up on a skateboard. I don't give a shit if you're pulling up in a '67 Chevy. If I pull up on a skateboard looking fly as hell, that's just what that is. You know what I'm saying? And we don't run out of gas. We don't have to charge our batteries. We just skate. Absolutely. So, uh, Eric, why don't you tell everyone where they could find you? On social well, media, on the website. Not your address unless you're down
2: for that. I don't know what you're into. Not so much. Yeah, the uh, the easiest <laughs> way. What I, I basically because it's part of my gig now. Uh, social media, Instagram is just my name, Eric Baguera. Um, and then the website you'll find through everything, everything goes to the Instagram, like you can see it in the, in the, uh, the bio, etc. But website is just ebaguera.com as well. Again, back to our conversation, make it as easy as humanly possible. Like there it is. Uh, I don't really use much, anything else, honestly, because those are the two major conduits. One is just my exposure to the world and the other is the, the platform with which people can buy the product or interact with me as well. So that's basically it Instagram and website. And the Instagram is straight up E R I C B U G
1: E R A. Correct. Yeah. There's no underscores or anything, right? Nope. Excellent. As all far right, as I know. We appreciate I know this, but... <laughs> Yeah, right. Th- I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I follow you. We talk on it. Why don't on, I, don't yeah. either. I don't know either? I'm the one hosting you here. Yeah. But uh, appreciate you being on. Appreciate all your insight. Fucking phenomenal. Definitely the most. Intelligent cast we've had so far. I think this is going honestly don't even know what episode this is going to be. My business partner is probably going to be upset because I don't know. That's the, his forte is like knowing things. I just talk. So, uh, again, we appreciate you being on and looking forward to the future. Um, thanks for having me. Man.